Welcome to the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast with me, your host, Nicole Higgins, the Buy and Retail Coach, sharing tips, advice, and insight from entrepreneurs that have just launched to multi-million pound business owners. We will be discussing the challenges they faced, advice they would give, and the milestones they achieved and how they got there. Also joining me will be a broad range of experts with some tips and practical how-tos, episodes that will help your business grow and to enable you to live the life you crave. The types of experts that you'll hear from will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business, from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches and PR marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. Welcome to this week's episode of Start, Scale, Succeed. And today I am joined by Ellie Williamson, the e-commerce assistant. There's been a lot of doom and gloom about retail recently. And one of the most important things that you need to do is change your browsers into buyers. And that's one of the key things that we're going to be focusing on on today's chat. But let's get straight in. Ellie, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Now, before we start going with the questions, can you give a little bit of background about you and what you do? So I created uh, the e-commerce assistant to help busy small business brand owners and founders basically learn how to create great Shopify websites and use Klaviyo for their email marketing. Um, And I do that with a mix of training one-to-one and um, consultancy, as well as a done-for-you service as well for people that just don't have the time. Um, My work history has been 100% e-commerce. I've always worked for uh, businesses, small businesses specifically, who to trade online so I've had a really unique experience where I've been able to like get stuck in you know like a small business vibe where everyone wears many hats and mm-hmm. see the background of the you know how people run an econ business so it's not just about the website and the marketing that end point mm-hmm. I've seen the the warehouse and the operations and the supply chain and I've been able to sort of experience it all in lots of different small businesses and then been able to take that Um, experience to now help other small businesses myself specifically with their Shopify caveat but with that bigger understanding and I think that's um, what makes me unique I suppose. And so if we start off with how do people turn those browsers into buyers and get that conversion up? Because obviously sales sales is everyone's main objective. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And January can be quite a difficult time of year. Mm-hmm. Like if you're, we've come off of, if you've had a great quarter four, which hopefully everyone has, although it was difficult, um, it, it's, it's, I found that this time everyone is looking forward to the year and what they can do. And it's really important to um, have, like you say, as a top priority, turning browsers into buyers. So I think one of the top things for me, for small businesses specifically on their websites, is about building trust like I still think there is a trust issue online I think we think we might be past that in 2023 but Mm -hmm. shopping online is not new but people still there's so many websites out there that people and there's so many dodgy websites out there that people need to like kind of instantly trust you and believe you your brand whatever you want to call it um that you are like a real genuine website who was who was actually going to send them what they order And obviously the big brands don't have to do that. You know, they don't have to, um, there is a trust element to shopping online with big brands, but they don't have to fight that sort of battle of, are you a real genuine business? So I think that is quite important. And that runs through a lot of things and whether that's design or content, like what words you're using on your site, like it can be really little details that actually make um, quite a big difference to that trust. Um, For example, having, uh, lots of images on your product page that feature real people and your yeah. reviews obviously all these things we know that are just there but actually what they're doing is building that trust and I think that's something that 
maybe people don't think about when they've maybe made their own website. Um, you know, we just want to get the products up and we want to get a homepage mm-hmm. sorted. And then actually that that it's almost like that secretive part of it, that thing that runs through it, that trust element and that customer experience, because that's ultimately what it is. That actually takes a bit more thought. And I think um, that's something that's it's worth everyone looking at to to try and uh, convert more customers. And from a navigation and functionality point of view, then, what would you say to make sure that your website is doing to be able to to drive them to the basket and to check out? Yeah, so um, obviously we can take it from a, like a linear approach from like homepage to collection page, although some people will not land on your homepage, it's probably going to be the page that most people do land on. So it's ensuring that there is this good user experience and this easy frictionless experience where someone can land on the site instantly know who you are and what you do and it is hard it's like easy it's so easy me just saying that yeah but it is hard to like uh dilute everything about you down into like an image and a few words but obviously that's what we need to do because nobody spends long anywhere on your site especially not yeah. your homepage. so it's about getting them to quickly and easily move through from homepage, which is like your shop front in, in bricks and mortar, into yeah. your collection page, which might be your little collections around the store, and then to a product page, because obviously that's where we're actually converting people. Um, and it, again, it's thinking people are time poor, people are rushing, we're on our phones so much shopping. It's it's creating that experience that's quick and easy and seamless, and that there is this um brand identity and voice running through it all like that helps with the trust as well doesn't it to mm-hmm. to, to know that that the home page looks similar to the collection page and looks similar to the product page and there's not some random color appearing yeah. you know it is that like consistency um and similarly with the navigation I think I think people try and overcomplicate it sometimes um and you, it just doesn't need to be complicated it needs to be like what what do you sell and yeah. how can you simply lay that out for customers um you know I I had a call earlier and I said to my client if you don't need that third level of sub collection then don't have it there like keep yeah. it simple if people are just gonna want to see all your bags just have bags because then obviously there's things we can do on the collection page to ensure that they're um able to filter down like using filters using sub collections but I think simplicity is kind of key and it's maybe sometimes a bit overlooked we maybe all try and overcomplicate things a little bit and try and make it all singing and dancing but actually we want to easily get people where they want to go through like I say the that flow from the homepage, but also through the navigation. Like if you sell bags just say bags you know you don't need to overcomplicate it um so I think that's important to look at. I think we can easily as well add more and more to our navigation. We sort of think, oh, I've, I now sell glasses um, as well as mugs. So I'm going to add that on. And now I sell this, add that on. And you, and you, I sometimes see navs where I'm like, oh, I can see that you've just, <laughs> you've increased <laughs> your product range and it's just got huge. And yeah. actually you've not gone back and refined it and gone, well, hold on a minute now. What are my, what are categories. my collections? Yeah, categories, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's, it's what you would do in products in, in buying and merchandising as well. It's kind of just applying that same technique um, rather than just constantly adding more, just going back to that, those basics and those those key categories yeah that's a great point. yeah so that you have like instead of cups mugs glasses you have drinkware yeah exactly or whatever or whatever term you want to you know you want to use for it and um do you find and this is something that I've I've guilty of myself actually from a from a service website point of view but I know we're going to focus on product websites is that people build a website they go yeah job done 
<laughs> then never go back to it. Never shop it. Don't really shop it yeah. as a, a new customer and realize actually it takes me 10 seconds to actually download the thing or it takes me five seconds to go onto this page. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I, I think I had an Instagram post about that this week because I said I talk about that a lot, um, that it's websites and you're right, it's service based as well. But all websites, they are not a once and done sort of thing. Um I mean, nothing really is like your email marketing isn't either and your social yeah. media isn't and your and your ads aren't. So I think the website often gets forgotten because if um, small businesses are doing it themselves, which I see a lot and that's absolutely fine. You know, they've built this site. It's probably taken them a lot, a lot of time. It's a labor of love. And then they get to the point where they launch it. And then there's all that other stuff they've got to do. They've got to market it. They've got to learn Facebook ads. They've got to keep an eye on their merchandising and their buying. You know, there's all that side of the business that mm-hmm. then to trade it, basically. And I think it's just that people forget that actually the website, like you say, it needs to be checked. You need to use it like a customer. You need to optimize it. And things can be broken. I mean, it's rare that things are broken with Shopify is a really good platform. But you might have deleted, you might have fiddled around and deleted a page or a product and forgotten that you're linking to it from your homepage. Um, so yeah, you absolutely need to be using it a lot. And it's really hard because you almost go, you know, blind to it, don't you? You need that you sometimes you do need a fresh pair of eyes. But I think yeah. even if you just um I mean, probably looking, you're probably looking at your own website more on the de- desktop as you're working. So even just going and sitting on your phone and looking at it that way, because that's probably where most of your customers are using it. Maybe click through from Instagram, getting to that. What? Yeah. Where do they get to? Like, what's that first page? Is it your homepage or do you have a links page? And then just shop around like it, like you're shopping for something um, and find any problems. And, and also any ideas that you think I could make this better and I always tell clients to like go on other websites like it's not secretive web design is not like it's not like Facebook ads where you know it's this dark art or even SEO it can be um we don't really know this algorithm (laughs) you know it's uh that's all even to me and I obviously have an understanding of it because of my job but uh I feel like websites it's all kind of out there like if you love shopping on whatever website and you constantly buy from said website site well what do you like about it what is it that the product page has or the collection page or the or even the the once you check out what do you like about their emails and their post-purchase sort of flows and things so and actually I just say to people go and look at what you like yeah look at look at big and look at small and And I think especially big yeah and I think yeah because they would have spent the money the time (laughs) the investment getting it right getting it wrong um and I think as well when I think back to what I websites I like shopping on it's generally because they're they're easy and yeah. simple. Do you know what I mean? They don't have loads of different things to navigate. You know, they're quick to load, all that kind of thing. Before we started recording, we talked a little bit about data and looking at the data on a on a weekly on a weekly and monthly basis. What kind of data do you, would you say um, people need to be looking at? Um, I would think most people probably aren't looking weekly, and there may I mean, it depends how much traffic and sales are getting, whether they even need to. Because sometimes yeah. I think it's best to go. Do you know what? Just look monthly, and at least you'll do it. Because um, a lot of people I speak to, it, it is a big leap almost to start looking and under and understanding the data. I mean, that's the hard part, isn't it? We can all just look at it. So I think um, weekly or monthly, depending on your sales at this point you I mean Shopify is great the analytics even if you just say I'm just going to use that I'm not going to try and understand Google Analytics especially with all their changes coming up but even if you Mm -hmm. just said I'm just going to focus on the Shopify Analytics dashboard even just what comes up on that screen so your traffic your traffic sources your conversion rate 
Um, and also when you look at conversion rate, looking at each step of the journey. So how what's your percentage of add to basket? What's your percentage of reach checkout? And then your actual conversion rate to placed order, like looking at each one of those. Yeah, because you can see where they're dropping out then. Exactly. You, you might see what, to do. Absolutely. So that's quite simple to see, like, where's that big drop? Um, and I think all these things like orders, um, whether it's returning customers or first customers, like I say, all those things just come up on your dashboard. I think the difficulty is if you just looked at that now, what does it mean if you're not comparing it to something else? So if what you really need to do is perhaps make your own report or, uh, you know, just an Excel doc or something where you're actually plotting it each month, because what you can then do is say, well, what's what's the change from last month? So if your conversion rate is always three percent and then suddenly it's one percent, I mean, you mm -hmm. that which that's quite drastic. You would think maybe there's a problem. And then also what that can do. I mean, you can do compare and things in Shopify, but I just find it easier to see on like your own report where you're plotting all the numbers because then you can also go year on year which is kind of not more important but you because we have trends in e-commerce don't we we have these sales yeah. patterns where your business might have the highest peak of sales for mother's day so it's going to be always have a peak in march so if you can plot it and then look at year on year the same month or the same week then you're starting to see those trends and be able to be more proactive rather than reactive to everything so i think yes you should look at your data but i think it's also because people do often ask me about how do I how do I understand it? What, what does it mean? Yeah, I think by comparing it, that's where you start to get into what it, it actually plan. Means. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. and it can help you plan and understand where you're going to see more sales or where you have low sales, and you need to think about ways of driving more sales or um what worked just... like you know if you use an influencer that and that drove x amount of sales to the website which converted at four percent you know that if you want to take that same amount of cash this time yeah. next year or yeah. whatever it might be then you need to have that kind of marketing in place or else you know your sales are going to be down absolutely uh, can you just then with those dash with those reports can you just export them and create into excel and create your own um sales reports yeah, you can export them. Um, I mean, this is where you might want to use Google Analytics to get like more data. But I, I just think if people are starting with this and if it is quite a barrier, then jumping straight into Google Analytics can just be a bit scary. So I think looking at the Shopify dashboard, export if you need to, or even just create a very simple spreadsheet with, you know, <laughs> columns yeah. for conversion rate. Okay, you just pop in. Yeah, yeah, right. What was the conversion rate for December? 2%, great. Then at the end of January, what next column, what was the conversion rate? And even just plotting it yourself like that, you'll start to see those um, changes and trends. And like you say about if you've done a special promotion or run an influencer campaign or any other type of marketing, if you note that down, then next year when you don't see that peak because you didn't do it, you won't be like, oh, everything's failing. My business is terrible. And it's all my, yeah, and yeah. it's all my fault. Or exactly. I, you know, I, need to, I need to close down. Yeah. Like, you'll, actually, no, you'll go, no, oh, interest. hold on a minute. I launched a new product, but I'm not able to do that this year. Or I worked with, yeah, like you say, an influencer and yeah. they brought in this amount of sales. So it's almost just like, and we do forget like what's happened. Yeah. But it's just seeing those peaks and troughs that we all get in our business and then being able to understand them and plan for them um, and plan things like discounts out the year. Like we don't want to be discounting all the time. I've seen a lot of posts about that, even in the last week, uh, probably because we're in January. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if you've plotted all that and you've seen last year's sort of plan, even if you just go back and do 2022 and sort of plot it out and you see this chart of like peaks and troughs, 
then you can say, well, I need, should I offer a discount when I get a load of sales? Probably not, you know, so yeah, yeah. Um, it, I think it just they would helps. have bought anyway, so yeah. there's no point giving away. Giving Which away is why money. I think, you know, Black Friday is becoming a bit more of a contentious subject because mm-hmm. are those, those sales always used to happen. We've never not had a Christmas peak. It's just, I don't know when Black Friday started, but in the last 10 years, it's become this almost obsession, hasn't it? And it's like, yeah. actually, before that kicked off, we definitely always had um, seasonal peaks in quarter four. So yeah. um, it's just brought things forward, I think. Yes. I think it's, it's brought it earlier and it's made um, a more concentrated high traffic period in one, you know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. kind of right, right, everyone's on, everyone's shopping, whether yeah. they are buying discount or not, they're online yeah. at that time because they're seeing what's around, you know, whereas yeah. before I think it was much more spread out, yeah. you know, over, you know, over the time period it's kind of black friday has made people shop earlier yes you know to last the discount. yeah yeah you know or to, or and, to and, avoid delays and things like that and yeah well especially um, if the coastal <laughs> strikes and, yeah. and everything else that was happening and what are the ways that you can ensure so obviously we know to retain new customers and attract new customers can cost us more money with advertising and and all that. What about retaining our existing customers and asking, getting them to come back for more? What are ways that we can do that? So I think that's where you're going to probably turn to your email marketing. Obviously, that's become a lot more popular again in the last sort of year. And I think it's going to be a massive focus for lots of businesses this year as well, as we sort of not move away from advertising and, and things, but it's just, I guess, diversifying the marketing you're doing and understanding that email is definitely the place to build customer retention and return customer and build that return customer rate obviously there's things on your website you need to make sure working but I think if they've got through that first purchase we're going to assume the website's okay it's working you know that's where we're going to turn to email and we're going to we're not just going to send sales emails we're not just going to send discount emails or uh buy this buy this buy this we're gonna have a strategy that's about um nurturing them even if they have purchased they're still nurturing to do there's still mm-hmm. more content you can share with them whatever you sell and whatever your brand is to um ensure that loyalty because i think loyalty is going to be a big trend um of this year because there is just so much competition and i think that's yeah. one of the things that um like 2020 obviously we had a peak in sales because of lockdown and then 2021 2022 has kind of been this explosion of online business like more than ever before I think on Shopify's commerce report it said that the um shop online stores doubled or something okay lots of them may have closed now but there's yeah. definitely a lot of competition so I think if you sell hats anyone can sell hats you know a hat is a hat you wear it to keep your head warm or to you know keep the sun off your head but it's it's about your brand and your what what more you do for your customers and how you speak to your customers and being the go to brand for what a specific hat or what what more do you bring that's going to make that customer kind of like remember you and appreciate you um, because it obviously is more about just selling an item. It's yeah. the branding. It's the story. It's the person behind the brand. I mean, most small businesses I work with, it's just them. So if they can feel like confident enough to sort of come out and show themselves, you're building that human connection as well, aren't you? And I think that's super important to um, ensure customer retentions there. And then what about, so obviously email marketing is something that some founders shy away from. Yeah. What would, if you were saying, right, okay, just please, what's the minimum, <laughs> you know, what's the minimum you should be emailing? 
uh in terms of campaign emails like yeah. sending out uh i would say if you can do once a week uh that would be amazing uh i think once a month is just too few because if you think about that in terms of a year that's only 12 emails and so well if if i'm saying right okay let's say if they're going into sale they're sending an email if they're going in if they're doing a promotion they probably send an email but those kind of just checking type ones the nurture ones not yeah. essentially I know every email is probably a sell email <laughs> yeah. or has a part of a sell email or a ha- you know but you know not the ones that maybe have a specific yeah. we're on sale you yeah. know I guess then that 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 is still once a week in a way because it's like it's about structuring isn't it those those emails to be you wouldn't have hopefully four in a month that are you might have those months where there's extra because of a sale or a new product but those four normal emails in a month let's say a quiet month like February or something if you're not selling anything for Valentine's there would be that mixture of emails so there might be um, an email that's just about if you sell uh, clothes let's say you sell t-shirts there might be like a styling email that's about other brands it's not even just about your brand so it's very unsealthy there might be um, I have a client that does like a weekend style um, email which I love because it's like showing her behind the scenes like, like getting a little bit of a magazine I suppose yeah it's it's quite ed- it's, absolutely it's quite editorial actually when you think about it and that can apply to different brands but I think aside from campaign emails whether it is these nurture emails or behind the scenes or sales there is if you've got automated emails and flow set up in in Clavio then they're doing a lot of that work for you as well. So they are going to be more targeted because they're going to be triggered by some sort of action, whether it's joining your list or making yeah. a sale. So actually what those emails can do is kind of more of that nurture work. So, you know, and you said about customer retention. So if someone's ordered once and you sell a food-based product, you're going to roughly know when they need to replenish that. So setting up those sort of flows, those replenishment flows, mm-hmm. or even just checking in. Like I love the emails I see where um, you've just said, you've said, thank you for the order. Great. But after a week, you're like, is everything okay? And like, do you, uh, some products need a little bit of help, don't they? A little yeah, bit of guidance, yeah. how to use it, how to care for it, how to wash it. Um, and sending those emails rather than just like a thank you and then a buy more actually it's about staggering that buy more and making sure you've kind of done all the sort of customer experience customer service type emails first um the help the um more about the brand I mean there's loads of different things you can do but that that's that's kind of where I think that that nurture and that retention strategy if you can really think out those flows and plan those it kind of does that heavy lifting for you yeah and would how about then they're on their web they're on your website we want them to buy as much as possible how can we get our our browsers that are going to turn into buyers to put more in that basket a lot of alliteration there yeah lots of bees um <laughs> yes I think and I think that's a huge thing at the moment like building that average order value you don't need to go out and get more traffic through working on your SEO or ads you actually can raise your revenue by just getting people to buy more so I think it's a huge it's something I've been talking to lots of people about um and how they can do that on their website so I would probably start with their product pages um usually what I see is a fairly simple product page you know you've got your ad cart button images copy you know all this usual gubbins Mm -hmm. uh and then further down you might have like a a frequently bought with you may also like yeah that's kind of it and that's not really getting me to buy those extra products or even really showing me what else you sell. Because if you sell quite a range of products, 
um, I might have actually landed on your product page and seen the mug that you sell. And I don't know that you also sell candles, you know. Yeah. So it's, I think what I find is that uh, founders think, oh, I don't want to like ram it down their throat. I don't want to like yeah. do overkill. But I just kind of think you need to kind of go down the overkill route a little bit. You need to kind of plaster things more places than you think. And that uh, that appeal, that's a lot of things in e-commerce that applies to. But specifically with um, upping your basket value, just having the you may also like, which is normally Shopify using its AI just to pick random products. Yeah. It's not really customized to me and what I'm shopping and what I'm looking at. So I think by adding other elements of the product page, um, such as you uh, frequently bought with, but straight after the add to cart button and that you've personally picked for, you know, for that yeah, product. You've made the connection. Yeah. And we've all been on websites that are like, you know, also buy this and it might, you know, and it, they're completely irrelevant or yeah. just not right. And, you know, I've for a long time, like since I was 16, I've worked part time in retail on on the shop floor and then obviously went into buy, then went into buying. But, you know, and I used to love, you know, being in a bricks and mortar store. I worked in one in Leeds. It was quite high end. And just getting those, oh, you know, I know you're only looking, for, you're just looking for a skirt today, but have you seen <laughs> this amazing jumper? This is going to look great on this, on yeah. you, you know what I mean? And it is just, it's it's giving that service that if yeah. you were shopping with them, yes. if, you were, if you were in a bricks and mortar store and you're not, and like you said, oh, people don't want to bother them mm. and they do, but it, you're actually, you're, you're, you're helping you're helping you're solving yeah. the problem you're saving them time having to go off and find something else two weeks down the line that's exactly. going to go with the top or the jumper or whatever it might be yeah and I think some people forget that that you know think of your website as a bricks and mortar store in terms of how and when that customer comes to it and if, if you're not emailing them it's like them coming into your if they've subscribed and you're not then talking to them yeah it's like them coming into your bricks and mortar shop and going yeah. And not even saying hello, yeah. you know, yeah. you just wouldn't do it from a customer service point of view. Retail, you just wouldn't do that. Absolutely. I think any, I think thinking of it maybe as customer service, customer experience, there's lots of different words for it. But if you could potentially change that mindset, I guess, and think of it like that, whether you're adding um, a frequently bought with or specific product product recommendations, or did you know this comes as a bundle or a set? Yeah. Um, and having all those extra blocks on the product page, Yes, it makes it more salesy, but isn't that why they're here? Is that not yeah. why they've got all the way to the product page? They are thinking about buying. And, and like you say, at the very beginning, how do we get those browsers to become buyers? Well, that on that page specifically, and I do talk a lot about product pages to people, that is where most people, they are almost letting themselves down because they mm -hmm. don't have... They don't have the information about the brand. They don't have all their other products. I mean, obviously you can't have everything, but yeah, yeah. They, don't have, they don't have that, like you say, that curated um, personal shopping experience on their product page to say, we also, do you know we sell this? Because what they don't want to do is, is um, place the order. And then let's say you've got a lovely flow set up and you email them like, oh, we also sell that as a mug and you bought the teacup or something, you know, that yeah. actually could annoy them because they didn't know, they didn't see yeah. it. And I think we forget that people are on our sites for very short time. They spend very small amount of time on pages individually. If you look at your um, data on that, it will be like seconds sometimes. Mm -hmm. And to, we we want to keep them there. We want to keep them shopping. We want to keep them on our site, moving around easily. So that is part of navigation and other elements we've already spoke about. But also those product pages 
we want to get the right things in front of them at the right time. So, and that's all about relevance and personalization, isn't it? So just having a, you may also like block at the bottom of your product page that you've not even curated, like that's just not good enough. It's not going to, that's not going to drive your average order value at all. Um, but some of these other little ideas could, um, mm-hmm. and you, and you'd also apply things like that to your cart. So if they do then add that lovely skirt to their cart, we want to say, you know, here's the jumper that goes with it. Um, yeah. and, and the thing is like, this is, this is getting very <laughs> personalized, almost too personalized. Most people who I work with, they cannot possibly, uh, curate a, a matching yeah. product for every product. And I totally get that. So it's almost like, Okay, well, that's the dream. How can we make that like a reality right now? So even if you just had one upsell in your cart for like one key product that kind of maybe goes with everything or is that basket builder, like, you know, you've said about working in stores. What does what do most stores have at the tills? You know, little basket builders like socks and lip balms and, you know, can. So whatever you sell, is there something that you can use as that basket builder or just little impulse purchases? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like just put that in your cart and um or get them to if you've got like your average order value if you're looking at that that's a really useful part of data to look at and you're trying to get them to um get to free shipping it's about looking at those numbers and how does that fit because if your free shipping is 80 pounds but your average order value your average products sorry is 40 pounds they're gonna have to buy two 40 pound products to get to it so I think it's also looking at that product range and what prices you've got and and if that is the case, then that is what you've got to show them in the car. Mm-hmm. And you've got to make that kind of irresistible because we want them to. That's a that's a tool, isn't it? To get um, the average order value up is your free shipping. So um, it's just putting all those pieces together, I think. And 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 but having that focus on products and how many products are you actually showing them um, on your product page, for example. Other than what we've covered already, what would you say are the other ways to best optimize your website? Um, so I would definitely tell everyone to start with their product page for sure. Like just look at that, mm-hmm. look at all the things we've just spoken about, look at other websites, look at the big guys who've spent the money, look at what's there now. Um be people without reviews. And I I'm like amazed that that's not the first thing they add to their site. Um, so I think ensuring you have reviews clearly laid out you have the stars, you have the reviews, you're asking people who order for reviews. I think that's a massive um thing that we all look for now and actually if it's not there we're probably kind of put off and um a bit like oh no one's reviewed this or no one likes this um we need that social proof I think looking at the journey like we've spoke about as well uh moving through the site I think images is probably a big one for people to have a look at um I know not everyone can afford to have you know professional photo shoots but what images are you showing and specifically I guess again moving to product pages uh, do you just have a, you know, a white background shot of your product or do mm-hmm. you have lifestyle shots um, and different views of the product, close ups? Do you have it something that gives it a size perspective? Because a lot of sites don't do that. And you we've all done that at the supermarket shopping online where we get the wrong. We think, oh, that's going to be huge. And it's tiny. Like everyone's <laughs> done that. Um and also using like your user gen your your customer images on product pages to show especially with things like clothing like if I can't see if I just see it on a model or even just like maybe a hanging shot I can't really see how it's going to fit me yeah and I think that's probably the hardest thing about selling online whether it's clothing or food or candles you know if it's got if you want to feel it or touch it or smell it or taste it how do you portray that online um so I think it's thinking about what you sell and then what would help 
the customer. So if it is clothing, it's it's all about fit, isn't it? Size and fit. Yeah. And so how, you how do you how do you get that across? Yes, size guides. Yes, uh, measurements. Yes, um, to saying this model is wearing a size small and usually wears an eight or whatever it is. Definitely yeah. doing that. And and then yeah, I think images are. Or a is this well. height or whatever? Yeah. I, mean, I, lo- I love when it when that when they sites use they that. They do the height. And, yeah, and, and I think reviews as well. You can you know ask people those specific questions. You can say when they review, did you find this fit big or small? And that really um, helps. And what about? what is Shopify 2.0 in very layman's (laughs) terms and very succinct what is it okay so Shopify 2.0 is still just Shopify it's not it's not something new you don't have to change platform it's still Shopify it's just it will it was just a major update to their operating system which is Shopify so so it was last it was summer 2021 so actually it was quite a while ago now yeah. And it just was a major change. So Shopify are always making little changes. Sometimes you'll log in and something's changed, something's moved, something's updated. But Shopify 2.0 was like the biggest major change they've made. And what it has enabled small businesses to do is create better websites, basically. So some of the features have meant that you can now create a more customized, branded interesting website because and the main thing I I talk about with small business is because of something called sections everywhere so sections everywhere is how you've always made your homepage on Shopify is drag and drop all these lovely blocks or sections as Shopify call them to create like a really nice homepage that's always been a really pro a plus for Shopify but Mm -hmm. now you have that ability across your whole website so before where People were having to build pages or product pages using apps to make them look nice and add extra features that we've discussed um, on the call so far. Um, You can now do that with sections everywhere. So you can add those blocks so easily. Like it's just drag and drop. It's kind of unbelievable that Shopify didn't do this before. But that is that's probably the main part. There are other um, changes to the system with things like meta fields so you can now create more specific relevant content for your product pages using meta fields so if previously you've had to have um the same uh, care information across every product page well now you yeah. don't you can actually create that quite easily i mean you will have been able to do it with lots of different apps and maybe some coding changes but now you just use meta fields and you can have that really relevant product information on each page um, so I think they've basically just made it more customizable, more personalized. I find it easier to use. Mm-hmm. It's just that not many people seem to know about it. And I don't think, personally, I don't think Shopify have done a good enough job with telling their... Promoting it. <laughs> yeah, and telling the people that trade with them and have their websites with them and spend money with them, obviously. They haven't actually gone, do you know that... And it's free. If you've got a paid... If, you've got, if you're on a paid theme, all you have to do is update your theme and you don't pay for updates. So I think there's just been this lack of like communication in terms of why update and why is it good and how much better you can make your website with them. It, I just think they've lacked massively with that. So people don't really know about it. Okay. And I know that we've covered, we've covered a lot, but there's two more things I want to ask you <laughs> is um, Shopify have released a 60 page trend report for 2023. Um, what are your key, which I know you've, you've had a look at and you've seen, what would you say are your three takeaways from that 
Um, yeah, so there was a lot in that and I don't expect anyone to have read it. I mean, I didn't even fully read it because it was just a lot. And I was trying to read it like my first day back in January. So the key things are, I think the first one is the obvious one that it's been tough. The years have not been kind over the last couple of years and things have been tough. And that is mainly to do with this inflated sales of 2020 and maybe even 2021 and last year being maybe surprisingly I don't know being the year that everything just contracted so there was this explosion of selling online and like I said the online stores like doubled in 2021 and then we've seen that retraction but what they're predicting through all their analysis is that this year 2023 there will be growth the growth is there to have but I think what it's saying is because of all this competition, this fresh competition now, the market is saturated. So this yeah. is where optimizing your website and optimizing your email marketing and, and making those changes and making your website better and work harder, that they're, they're the people that will come out on top. Because like I say, lots of people sell lots of the same products, but it's about making your website better and making your brand sort of shine from that. Mm-hmm. The other things uh the one other thing I picked up on was in regards to um data acquisition so this change in um cookie this cookie-less world we're going towards so the way that advertising again kind of had a peak maybe that was 2020 as well and that's become far more difficult to do online and to track those results from uh, Facebook ads, for example. So um, I what they pick up on, and I agree with, is all about first-party data. So what data do you actually get from your customers anyway? So it's not third-party data. It's not data from other places. It's your customer's data. And that's where email marketing comes in hugely. It's what And something like Clavio, which is fantastic for what data it automatically pulls through from your Shopify store. Um, I would take it a next one next step step as well with zero party data. And what that is, is the, the data, not just data you get from customers, but the data you ask your customers for. So mm-hmm. that some people might have started to see that. So that's where on a pop up, for example, yes, I'm going to ask for an email address. But then on the next stage of the pop-up, I'm going to ask you what you're interested in buying or what your child's birthday is. Like, depending on what you sell, there'll be questions that you can ask your customers at that point and other points during their um, buying journey. And then you're learning about them and you're gathering that data. And generally, people are quite willing to give that if it's relevant to what you're selling. Obviously, you're not going to ask what their birthday is if there's no relevance to ask that. So I think if you can be really clever with the things you're going to ask them, because then what you can do with that is take them on these different journeys, especially with email marketing, to make sure that if they've come to buy um, a specific product in a specific range, like just for their kids, and you, you've got a sort of department store online, then you can make sure they get more child related content, more child's products rather than the adult products or something like that. So I think data is there's a lot of change with data and how it's used online. So I think the more you can and that comes back to engagement with your followers and your customers and the more you can talk to them and use them um, to get feedback from, like have this two way conversation with them. Um, I think that's something that everybody should focus on this year. And I can't remember what my third one was now. Don't worry, that's okay. There's there's enough for people to, to yes. think about with that. I mean, anyone can go read it. It's on the internet for you to read and just have a little scan through if you fancy some nighttime reading. So how can people work with you? 
So I work, I mainly at the minute I'm doing training with people. So lots of people want to learn all about this stuff that, you know, we've talked about today. So I do lots and lots of one-to-one training. Um, I also do done for you services where if you just want someone to build you a, a very optimized, wonderful website or uh, get you started with Clavio on email marketing, I can also do that. And I am about to launch um, some online courses. So, so the, a lot of my business is all about online learning. So I'm able to teach more people, more small businesses, um, the stuff I know that will help them sell more online. So that's coming very soon as well. So it's kind of three, three-pronged approach there. Well, that is fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me today. And where can people find you, Ellie? What's your um, so, handle? Yeah, Instagram, the e-commerce assistant, and my website as well, theecommerceassistant.com, although that is being updated at the minute, but I will get on it and finish it for you all. <laughs> Thank you so much. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, please, I'd be very grateful if you could leave a review so that more people can listen to Start, Scale, Succeed and it can help them in their business. I'll be back again next week with another great guest. <laughs>